Dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Welcome to a new episode of Dropping the Hammer with Daniel McFadden. I'm Daniel McFadden, uh, NASCAR writer at FrontStretch.com and SpeedSport.com. Uh, this is this is a special interview episode of the show, and uh, it's special given uh, what week it is. Uh, this week, NASCAR returns to Road America, the four-mile road course located in Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin. And my interview this week is from a is with a Wisconsin native, 19-year-old Sam Meyer, who drives Junior Motorsports number one Chevrolet. Uh, this is his first full-time season in the Xfinity series, uh, but he will making be making his second Xfinity start at Road America this weekend. Uh, but he's coming off a fifth-place finish at Nashville Super Speedway, which gives him eight top fives in the last ten starts. Uh, but he's winless so far this season. So I thought this would be a great week to do my first, that, that I can remember, first uh, interview with Sam Meyer going into his home race. Uh, Road America is located less than an hour from his home, uh, which is just outside of Milwaukee. Uh, so we, we talk about how he got into racing, uh, his, his dad's racing history. Uh, he's a second generation racer. Uh, the switch he made from pursuing potentially an open wheel career to making the switch to to going towards NASCAR, and then of course uh, we talk about the Ty Gibbs of it all and uh, his rivalry with uh, the the grandson of Ty or the grandson of Joe Gibbs uh, and their their feud that culminated. At Milwaukee, at, at Martinsville Speedway, uh, a few months ago, and how uh, how Sam has no personal, no animosity to to Ty Gibbs, and he views it as strictly a business uh, rivalry, just on the track. Um, so it was it was nice getting to know Sam, and I uh, was was glad to talk to him for about uh, 40, 45 minutes. So uh, here is my interview with Sam Meyer driver of Junior Motorsports number one Chevrolet. So well, welcome to Dropping the Hammer, Sam Meyer, junior, junior driver of Junior Motorsports number one Chevrolet. And uh, again, like I, like I said a few seconds ago, happy birthday. So uh, w- w- what did Sam Meyer do to celebrate turning 19? Yeah, turning 19 uh, on a race weekend definitely is uh, a very good thing for Sam Meyer, for sure. Uh, it's definitely uh, a fun one. Obviously, Nashville is very, very hot. Um, it was still tons of fun. Obviously, inside the race car, we were all working our tails off inside, uh, trying to drive those race cars around. And uh, being 19 now, obviously, uh, it's a new year, new me type deal. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we can go out there and get get a bunch of wins from here on out the rest of the year because we've put ourselves in a really good spot the last couple of weeks. Obviously, having a bunch of top fives, so uh, looking to keep that momentum going uh, even after my birthday. So yeah, I, I I didn't realize that until I was looking at your racing reference page uh, for this season. Eight top fives in the last ten races. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Um, 
like just kind of walk me through this la the last I guess two months or so for you uh, with those top fives. You haven't quite been in position to win yet. So w what's been like your mindset as you've been like kind of beating on the door? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for us as an organization, as junior motorsports and as a team, our, our Accelerate, Hux, Jockey team, uh, we definitely work our tails off week in and week out trying to be up there in the top five and uh, perform as best we can. Uh, obviously, we've been showing up to the racetrack the last three months or so with really, really good speed and uh, really good showings, but obviously staying a little bit short of getting into victory lane definitely sucks as a team. But however, with that being said, it's like, it shows how hardworking we are. Like we obviously started the season off a little bit slower uh, and yeah. then really grew into a really good spot where we are now. And as a whole organization, we've definitely been hitting it out of the park recently. And obviously we've won like 13 stages out of the last uh, how many stages. Yeah. 12, 12 on, on ovals yeah, yeah. on ovals you, you as, yeah junior motorsports you won 12 straight stages on ovals that's 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 remarkable exactly that's nothing to definitely uh, frown upon or anything <laughs> like that it is it's definitely unbelievable uh what the organization as a whole has been able to do and i mean us as a number one team being obviously the only jrm car without a win but we've been knocking on the door so so very close and We've had races where we were right there in position winning yeah. stages and then a tire falls off or the radiator yeah. gets knocked out of it or a tire goes flat. Like it's always been something, but it's definitely um, not going to definitely stop us by any means. We're going to keep digging, keep going. And uh, we're showing up to some tracks here uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks that I think we can perform really well at. Like, obviously I have a road course background, so I feel really good about the road courses atlanta as well um really excited for atlanta and uh the weeks beyond okay so you said road course background i, I guess i'm not that familiar with you i know you did you did arca and canaan and all this stuff so what is specifically your road course background yeah i started racing go-karts when i was okay. four years oh. old so i okay. i've been racing for quite some time already um being in the seat is definitely in my blood at this point uh, I don't know anything outside of racing purely because I've been in it so long and doing road courses for the first 14 years of my life or so has been obviously really fun, but moving over to the oval side in NASCAR and in the Xfinity series is definitely a change of direction, but it's something that I wanted to pursue for quite some time now and being able to pursue that opportunity with Accelerate, with Hawks, with uh, BUSDX and uh, obviously jockey this weekend in road America is definitely really exciting and having all these partners on board and being with us now is definitely very special and hoping to continue that success we've had over the next couple of weeks uh, with all those partners and continuing my career. So yeah, you said racing's in your blood. I know your, your dad is a racer too. You know, he, he did some open wheel racing and he's done some sports car stuff. He hasn't had a whole lot of success but he he still you know put in the effort um so what what's your earliest memory of racing yeah uh my dad obviously raced indycar uh when i was really really young obviously it was a very short-lived career mm -hmm. but it definitely was there and that's how i got my start in it so i guess 
if one thing came out of my dad's career, it is the fact that I started racing. So I guess that is definitely a very positive thing for at least me. Um, and I, my earliest true memory of like racing in general is probably up at Road America. Okay. Um, my dad was racing the IMSA race up there and his teammate uh, carried the team uh, very well and carried them to their first win of the year and uh, got victory lane. And it's very special because I was up there. Obviously it was my first, it was my first real memory with them because it was the first time I was at the track with them. And uh, my dad qualified the car and did the first little bit of the race. And then uh, his teammate carried, carried it on from there and passed a bunch of cars and was able to make it work and get in victory lane. So that's my earliest memory. So, so how, how old were you at that time? Gosh, I had to be six, seven, okay. maybe. It was very, very early. So you actually, you, you, you actually started racing two years earlier and you don't even remember it. Yeah, it's like, it, it's one of those weird things. Like the first two years of my, like, I guess, I guess you can call it racing career. It's like just kid carts at my local, my local racetrack. And it honestly is not horribly memorable, but it, 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 I guess it did build the ground up for what I am today. And I guess there's something to say about that. All right. So, so Road America, where the Xfinity Series is going to be this weekend, that, that track has a special, it's, it's a, only what, an hour from your hometown? Yeah, less than an hour. So less than an hour. So, so t- tell me a little bit about Road, Road America. Uh, you, you made your first start, start there last year? Was It was first? my second Xfinity start there. Yeah. Okay. Second. So uh, it didn't, it didn't go well, uh, last year you crashed out. So just t- tell me a little bit about like your road American, what that track means to you. Yeah, it's definitely a very fun racetrack. Obviously a lot of people, uh, in NASCAR and a lot of fans in NASCAR really love the racetrack and it performs really well, uh, in the spectrum of people liking racing. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because obviously IndyCar goes there, NASCAR goes there, and uh, sports cars go there. So it's a very wide variety of uh, auto racing goes there. So it's beloved by quite a a few people in a very good way. Uh, It's definitely very special to me too, obviously, being my hometown race or um, home track at least and get my second Xfinity start there. And obviously not going too well, but still being able to learn a lot and uh, I ran the Trans Am race later that day as well, and actually okay. won that. So I did have oh, a little okay. success there a little bit, which is good. But that track has definitely been a friend and a foe at the same time because <laughs> I've either won there or wrecked out because I the Trans Am race the year before that I was a fireball in the kink. So it's definitely one of those crazy tracks that anything can happen. But that's the fun of it for sure. For for you as a driver, what are the challenges of Road America? Yeah, just the grip level is so very low at that track. Like you'll hear a lot of drivers talking about this weekend about needing rear grip and just having no drive off the corner, no grip off the corner, slipping tires and all that. So that's going to be the biggest challenge for us is just making sure that we take care of our tires because it it is such a very uh, abrasive racetrack for us. And but that makes it very that makes the racing very fun to watch because we'll be slipping and sliding around and being able to make passes in places people wouldn't think uh, just purely because of how abrasive it is. So, so being from Wisconsin and the racing culture, there's huge. I know that you got, you got the Milwaukee mile, you got road America, Matt Kinsey was from there. Alan Kowicki. I know like the AS, old ASA series raced up there a lot 
so from your perspective, how different is the racing culture in Wisconsin in that area compared to what you've experienced so far in like Carolinas? It is night and day different. It is very, very unreal. The culture change coming from Wisconsin, coming back down here is definitely very interesting. Like obviously the fans are very, very devoted to the sport. The people up there are very devoted to their local short tracks. Like there's people up there that will love their short track to death and will never want to go down to the Carolinas just because Wisconsin is their place to be. They love that place and they will race there the rest of their lives. And that, which is good because it's, it's definitely prideful, but it is also very uh, interesting because people love their state so much. And it's very cool to see because obviously the fans uh, love to support racing up there and it definitely supports us because we want to go back to road America for many, many years to come because the racing is so amazing. When was the first time you visited the Carolinas? I say it had to be probably 10 years ago already, just purely okay. because the go-kart racing I ran was national. So we come down here and race and race in Mooresville and stuff like that down here. So I've been coming down here for quite some time now, but not always for just stock car stuff. Okay. So, so at what point, I guess in the last 10 years or so, did you really start to get maybe get it in your head actually get get in your head that you actually had a talent that could get you someplace like nascar like was what was nascar the goal for you or when did it become the goal for you very early on when i was six seven eight years old i always wanted to go the indycar route because that's what everyone was talking about when you do go-karts like that on road courses you you usually end up doing open wheel stuff. And there's very few people that actually come towards the NASCAR route and actually have very great success. Mm -hmm. And I want to be one of those people that do that, obviously. Uh, anyone wants to be successful, but that is how I got my start. And eventually one, one day down the line, instead of wanting to go IndyCar, I one, one day was like, you know what? I want to do NASCAR instead. And that's, uh, that's immediately kind of the time where I realized I was like, I really am going to work my butt off to make sure that this works and go the NASCAR route and do anything I can to make it for sure. Do, do you remember like what it was that made you flip that switch? I have no idea. Literally one day I was just like, you know what? NASCAR looks really cool. Uh, I want to do that instead. And I just decided, I was like, dad, you know what? If I'm going to continue racing, I want to, I want to make it to NASCAR one day. And well, obviously it worked out very well for us so far. Uh, we've made it to the Xfinity series and it's been a very tough grind. And there's been so many partners that we've had that's helped me support me along the way, which is definitely huge. And uh, it's very cool to be here today. What was your dad's reaction to that when you said, I'm going to go do this instead? How about that? What was his reaction? Well, since, since he had at least a little bit of a, a relationship built up with some people in the IndyCar garage, it definitely freaked him out a little bit, which I thought was funny when I was so young because he's like, ah, this guy doesn't know what he's doing anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, going the NASCAR route, my dad really was clueless. And um, that's why we got hooked up with Warren Rainier down here. And uh, <laughs> from there, we set sail. Hooked up with who? Uh, Lauren Rainier. He's a development driver um, coach, I guess you can say, down here in the Carolinas. Oh, okay. So, so, that, so that was like the first step towards the NASCAR part of all this. Yeah, that was literally ground zero, step number one, uh, getting in the legend car down here when I was just 11 years old. 
so did you i'm guessing so you raced i'm guessing at like the summer shootout up at charlton stuff like that yeah i did i did the summer shootout for i think four years before i even moved on to late models and uh super late models and stuff like that after that so i um i have tons of experience in legend cars because uh, i started so young okay so you you signed with junior motorsports at the age of 15 which is only four years ago um so it's it's not that long ago but when i when i look at that age 15 that it's still kind of surreal to see but it's also kind of what chase elliott did he signed with hendrick motorsports i think at like 14 or 15 um so yeah. you're 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 kind of in that same cranny uh of well on coming your way up so how did that happen how, how did you and junior motorsports get together yeah, it, it's actually a very interesting dynamic story. Uh, obviously, I ran Legend Cars for quite some time, and eventually I got good enough to where we can say, all right, I'm finally ready to move up to the next level and go late model racing. And we wanted to make sure we check every box before we move up to the next step, and uh, it obviously worked out really well for us. And the late model stuff with Junior Motorsports back in 2018, we signed a late model contract with them when I was just 14 years old. So having that relationship from all the way back then uh, helped continue it and beyond uh, until today when I signed with them when I was just 16 uh, for an Xfinity program when I, a year and a half later. So it's um, definitely a very crazy story because the relationship went f as so far back. But that's um, honestly being part of the Chevy program and having those assets behind me with GMS and Junior Motorsports. Uh, I got really lucky with the timing and everything, so it worked out really well for me. So, so who like broached the idea of becoming a junior motorsports driver? What did did you approach junior motorsports, or did it come to you saying we want you? Yeah, it's um at that time the program was a little different than today, and we had to we had to go to them to offer up our our uh, kind of investment into like, hey, we think we can actually be successful and be a part of your program and do really good things with your program, and we went to them and. We were like, you know what? I know you're. this is probably really late in the year because we didn't sign them until like September. Okay. Uh, it's really late in the year. We know and you probably already have a driver signed up, but we're really interested in see what we can show. Okay. So when, when you have a driver, like, like I said, Chase Elliott signed at 14, you signing at 15 or 16, whichever one it was. Um, when, when, when fans or people hear about stuff like that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, this is, this is the hot shoe this is the kid that's got the expectations on him and so a lot comes with expectations um you they we kind of expect you to rise to the moment very quickly like if you don't perform just like out of the box then maybe you're not really worth it so as a 15 16 year old how much pressure did you feel go stepping into this situation at that age yeah, I think I think the good thing for me is I was so young at the time that I really didn't understand the feeling of raw pressure. Okay. So I kind of didn't it didn't really phase me. I, I was just like I was just happy go lucky going out on the racetrack and going out performing the best they can. And which was good because I went out there and won a bunch of races. So it really did work out for me and Junior Motorsports at the time too, to kind of get that partnership going and it proved that uh, with GMS and winning those ARCA championships and Canaan East championship that uh, my name belongs here in NASCAR and that I can, I can be a big, big name one day. And 
that's why Junior Sports was so interested in signing me with Xfinity. So yeah, so you you've basically done I think a full season's worth of races in Xfinity so far, right? Basically over the, the two years. Yeah, I'd say I'd say we're at least really close, if not over. Yeah. Okay. So you you haven't won yet, um, but like like we've talked about, it, you have eight top fives in the last ten races. Um, are you surprised it's taken this long to win, or do you or you figure like okay, yeah, this is about on par with what we kind of expected? Which which one is it for you? Yeah, I mean, obviously the race car driver in me is going to say, yeah, I want to go out there and win every single week, and that's what everybody does, but you have to kind of put your expectations and everything in kind of a box and realize like what you have and what you can get out of it. And I think going into it is I didn't have the experience level and the kind of like the knowledge to go out there and just go and win races right out of the gate. And that's something that I missed out on. And um, I mean, I wanted to go out there and win right away and perform, but I still had a, a lot to learn at the time. So I definitely took last year to learn and kind of understand the race cars and the aerodynamics and everything. And then coming to this year uh, with the same idea, just about finishing races, doing well, and just being there at the end as best we can. And that's what worked out for us this year. And that's why we've been so close so many times is because we've been there in the top five. How, How hard was it for you to come in in the middle of last season like josh barry had the first half and then you you take the second half just stepping into that car at that point in the year when the crew's been working with one driver and then you come along you know like like 15 12 12 years younger than, than josh barry probably yes yeah, um, like what was the melding process like how difficult was it and that's why that's why yep last year was so tough for me is because I came up and out of nowhere and it was kind of just like throw you in with the wolves type thing because with the coronavirus racing yeah uh, you don't have any practice you don't have any qualifying you show up to these racetracks I've never been at before and never even seen uh and just go out there green flag racing and that was the toughest part is learning these mile and a half that I've never been to before and expected to go out there and finish in the top five and go win races is very mm-hmm. difficult. But um, I had fun with it. The team uh, definitely built a good relationship with around me with it. That's why we did what we did is we jumped in last year expecting just to go out there and figure it out. And that's exactly what I did. I went out there and figured out kind of what not to do and use that for this year to figure out what to do. You, you kind of touched on it a little bit with one of your previous answers. Like you said, you came in, you didn't have a lot of knowledge and the experience and you, you kind of said, you kind of regretted it. Did you wish that you got the some truck series starts, you got that win at Bristol, right? Yes. So do you wish that you could have gotten a full like truck year at least before coming into Xfinity? I wish that I would have had at least practice and qualifying last year. Uh, that's probably the only okay. thing I would have been because even getting the slightest bit of practice this year, 20 to 30 minutes average, uh, it certainly helps me a ton. Like this weekend in Nashville, I used every bit of it. And it was uh, it was a full practice, 50 minutes, and I used every bit of it. And it, um, it definitely helped me for the race. We figured out quite a bit of stuff to do and what not to do. We used, we used it in a very good sense. And that's why we had such, we've had such good finishes these last couple of races is because we've used practice up to its full potential. 
and we've been able to i've been able to learn the track again get used to it the team's been able to figure out what they need to do for adjustments during the race and that's why we go out there and put everything together and finish in the top five it's uh it's really simple uh it's been very helpful to have practice and qualifying i wish i had it last year because i think last year would have made it a lot easier um but i'm glad everything happened the way it did so far so of your teammates uh justin algar josh barry and Noah Gregson, who do you think you're most like when it comes to driving style? I'd say I'm pretty close to Josh, uh, just in the sense of like kind of just being calm. And uh, it wasn't always like that. I definitely over the last, I think, six months, I've kind of learned how to do that the right way and be calm, cool, collected, drive, drive off your right front instead of your right rear and just driving like driving like a maniac and uh, kind of calming yourself down now has kind of helped me a lot. And that's what I've put myself in way better positions this year because, because I've been finishing races and not putting myself in uh, really tough situations where I could potentially wreck. So that's what we've done this year so far. That's why I think I'm like Josh Berry because Josh Berry knows how to finish every race, whether it's <laughs> one lap down with his fenders hanging off or he's there going up and winning races. That's, that's what I want to be like. So is he the one that you go to most often for advice? He's definitely the one that I've gone to most in the past because he worked on the lay model program that mm -hmm. I did back in 2018. So oh. I've had a, I've had a relationship with him way longer than anybody else to junior more sports. And that's why I like him to lean on because he gets me because he saw me when I was a 15 year old kid. And now he sees me when I'm a 19 year old. So he kind of understands how to talk to me for sure compared to everybody else. Was your history together? Was that, was it, any of that taken into consideration with you guys sharing the, the eight car last year? Was that part of it? Uh, yeah, it definitely was. I mean, we wanted to be able to give him the shot to go out and perform and show what he can do. And there was no better person to do that than him because he definitely deserves the opportunity because he's been so successful in the short track program and obviously moving up to the city series now. He's been very successful up here now too. So it worked out for both of us for sure. Uh, it's definitely really cool to have him see, see him have the opportunity he is and definitely taking advantage of it too is very cool. Okay. So, okay, I, 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 I can't interview you and not bring this up. Uh, can, can, can we talk about the Ty Gibbs of it all? Yeah, I, that, that part of us is uh, definitely wide open for sure. Okay. All right. So I, I don't closely follow... Arca and all that. Um, basically, when drivers get the trucks or Xfinity is when I really start to take stock of drivers and become familiar with them. So I was vaguely aware of you know the history you guys had had back in Arca, but but wasn't brushed up on the details. Um, and so for for me mostly, Martinsville and what happened between you guys was really like the first chapter of that story from my perspective. Um, Going into this year, uh, I know you, all, you guys kind of had an on-track run-in at uh, the Charlotte Roval last year where you guys got into it. Um, going, in, going into this year, how would you have described the, the, the Sam Meyer-Ty Gibbs dynamic? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely very interesting because uh, we've had such a long history. We've grown up essentially together doing the exact same type of racing from go-karts to late models to... Mm -hmm. Arga to Xfinity now it's it's certainly uh we've been coming up at the exact same rate doing the exact same stuff and 
that's kind of why I think that TV wanted us to butt heads is because we've been doing it nonstop <laughs> for the last four years now or so. And that's, um, it's definitely, oh, so, so, you know, so, so you, so you think the TV broadcasts are trying or poking the bear? Like, oh, absolutely. It's, it's a lot of it is uh, social media and all that kind of stuff, which that's exactly what uh, everyone wants. And yeah, at the end of the day, we've proved it on the racetrack that we're going to butt heads a little bit, but that's how really young drivers, unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, race right now is because we have to prove ourselves one way or another. And that's the only way to do that is go out and win races. So we're going to do every, anything in our power to go out and win. Uh, and that's exactly how the ARCA and the k and stuff went for us. Is we could, it would be us two battling every week. And uh, that's pretty much how it came to fruition. Well, what was the first, like, run-in between you guys? What do you remember? Honestly, I, I don't remember really anything. Um, it's been all, it's been just constant because TV and everything else keeps telling all oh, this situation, this, that situation. It's all, it's become one big blob of just craziness. So, so Martinsville, did the way that played out, did that surprise you that that happened? Or did this feel like the crescendo of like, all right, let's do it. It's kind of, it's funny because it kind of makes me laugh because I, I expected him to be upset because we were racing for $100,000. He was racing and I was racing for a win. It's not a top three. So we, there was a, quite a bit on the line for us. And uh, obviously, like I just said three minutes ago, we're going to do anything in our power to go out there and win. So whether that's $100,000 or a trophy, we're going to definitely take advantage of it. But for us and for me, uh, I would say I didn't expect to escalate um, that quickly. as much as it did. It, uh, it really did uh, go a lot further than I think NASCAR thought it was going to go <laughs> well. <laughs> but that's, uh, that's honestly the fun of racing is just having that craziness. And that's why people watch NASCAR. I mean, they love the social media and the TV and PR behind it. And that's, that's the fun of it. I, I know Saturday National, you, you know, you guys had that th the thing on track where he got sideways and you accidentally corrected him, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Um, like, can you take me to that moment in the car, like when that happened, what was going through your mind? Like, oh, crap, or like, okay, that happened. What was it? I mean, the first thing that went through my head is like, all right, I have a shot for a really good finish here, top three, four, five-ish, somewhere in there. And uh, I'm passing cars. I'm have really good speed. Um, our cars feeling good. Like I'm really proud of what we have done so far in the race. And there's 40, 50 to go at this point still. And it, um, it's been a long race. It was really hot. And I was looking forward to passing cars and especially passing a car as good as uh, the 54 for sure. And uh, moving on from that, it's like, I, um, I rolled up to him. I was doing it all day where I'd roll the people's bumper and just turn up under them and go on exit. <laughs> but like, for some reason, just, I got a little too close to him and the air just sucked him sideways. And I was like, Oh gosh, no, not right now. Not okay. this, not today. <laughs> and um, he got sideways. Obviously we got into each other and it corrected him and saved him, but it really was nothing intentional at all. And um, it's just part of racing on these big tracks is the air. And uh, it, it got me, unfortunately, and it got him, unfortunately. 
so have you ever had just like a, a away from the track relationship with Ty at all or is it strictly just the thing that you guys encounter each other at the track yeah um that relationship is strictly business <laughs> uh, all the at racetrack stuff there's really no off track relationship at all and that's how it is with most drivers nowadays it's like you're just you're out there you're trying to do what you got to do at the racetrack and then you have your buddies here and there but uh as a race car driver you want to go out there and beat every single one of those race car drivers out there and that includes your friends so keeping those relationships to a minimum or keeping them close and then at the racetrack having fun is is two different ways to go about at it but in time i've never had much of a relationship outside of what tv and what the racetrack is built for us <laughs> so have you like you ever had a, just like a one-on-one -on -one conversation with them yeah i mean i've we've had conversations at the racetrack about just just normal stuff but it's never been anything crazy that is something memorable no <laughs> okay so for on your part there's no personal animosity between no i Okay. It, it is strictly racing like the, we're, we're out there we're okay. trying to be the best we can be and right. if you got to do what you got to do i guess you got to do what you got to do it's part of racing but obviously i don't want to be a dirty race car driver where i'm bumping people out of the way every single mm -hmm. race but sometimes it comes down to it and anyone would do what they've got to do but do, do you think that uh ty gibbs doesn't have a problem being a dirty racer is that is that maybe the difference between you two and honestly, I don't even know if it's even that. I um, okay, D dirty racer might not be the best. Yeah, it's 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 one of those funny things that like people have their personalities outside the race car and inside the race car, um, and they can be completely different. And I'm not saying Ty is one way inside the race car or outside the race car. We're all race car drivers trying to win, do the best we can. And he's had so much success already that he can kind of go out there and do whatever he wants. <laughs> and uh, he's definitely, in my opinion, taken full advantage of it, but. If I was in his shoes, I'd do the exact same thing. But maybe not, maybe not as mean to teammates. So I'll say that. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. So hypothetical coming down last lap, Bristol, your second place. Ty gives his first. What do you do going into turn three? It depends on what kind of racetrack you're racing on, because we've been at Bristol where you're running the bottom. We've been at Bristol where you're running the top. It, uh, it all depends on the biggest thing. Uh, if we were one, two at Bristol and it came down to the last lap, the biggest thing for me would be like, how did we get there? And how has the racetrack progressed? Are we running the bottom or okay. are we running the top? So wherever the racetrack's at, obviously deciphers how the race is going to play out. And I want to win a race as clean as possible, but I also want to go and win the race and i'll do almost anything in my power to go and do it almost but okay so what's... Make sure, i'll make sure to do it right so almost what is over the line for sam meyer i think putting a bump in the fence and ruining a couple hundred thousand dollar race cars i'd say too far um okay. because I've, at the end of the day we have sponsors paying for these cars we have teams putting investments and time into these race cars and just to tear it up uh, isn't obviously a good thing to do for the people uh, that work on these race cars. So doing anything in my power to logistically win a good race and win a championship, okay. that's what I'm going to so, so you consider, is, is Ty Gibbs your rival? Is he like your main 
rival. Uh, I I really don't think that hard. Um, you can ask okay. my girlfriend. She says I don't really think too much, and that's that's the good thing about me is like I don't think a lot, so I don't overthink in senses like that. So where I'm when I sit in that race car, I go out there and I just I race everyone uh, the way they race me for one, but also I go out there and just try to do my race and do my part right. Okay. Um, so what what? You, you seem like you're a very even-tempered person for the most part. What, what gets under your skin as a driver? Like, what, what ticks you off? What, what will get you steamy? It really depends on what's going on in that race that day. Inside the race car uh, is way different than outside the race car. And unfortunately for a lot of people in the world, they don't get to experience that. But it is certainly a very interesting uh, dynamic to racing is if one person does one little thing wrong, but they've been doing it each week, mm-hmm. it's different than one person doing a little thing and it's the first thing they've ever done to you. So it does subconsciously compound each week, but it also depends on what you're racing for. Because like right now, this number one Accelerate team is racing for points, racing for a championship, racing for their first win of the year, first win for me. Uh, we're racing for a thing a lot different than a lot of other drivers out there. So I'm going to go out there and be as smart as I can uh, for long-term purposes, but also do the best I can now for my team because they deserve it. Okay. So we're going to road America. If you get your first win at your home track, how does Sam Meyer celebrate on his home turf? Honestly, I don't know. I haven't even thought that far ahead. <laughs> I um, it's definitely it would definitely be something very very special, uh, just being at home. But honestly, when I am a race car driver, being professional, doing business at the racetrack, the type of track or what track we're at doesn't really bother me. It's more of just going out there and doing the best I can to win, no matter what circumstances it is. Okay, so there's got, but there's got to be some place you're gonna go if you win Saturday. There's got to be a place that you, in mind that you go to celebrate it somewhere in the Milwaukee area, right? There has to be. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think uh, for me, being the person I am, I don't think that hard about celebration. I I more just go out there and do the business, and whatever comes out of the business is what we enjoy. Um, but I I can't really pinpoint something that I would do to celebrate post race if we win. So it would just be very spontaneous, probably? It, it probably would be in a very, in a very fun way, yes. How, how much family is going to be at the track this weekend for you? It's going to be a busy weekend for Sam Mayer, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of people there, a lot of friends and family. Uh, obviously, we have sponsors on this weekend, quite a few of them. Uh, and I'm really excited to entertain and do everything I can to make sure that uh, we go out there and do the business right, for sure, on the racetrack. All right. So who was your favorite driver growing up as a kid? Man, I, um, ironically enough, looked up to Dale Jr. Uh, and being able to race for him now is really cool. Uh, definitely a very special opportunity. And that's why we wanted to talk to them but all the way back then is because we knew, know that their team's good. The brand is very good. The people are good. And I always looked up to Dale. So uh, it's definitely cool racing for him now and being able to have conversations with him and uh do, do my thing uh on the number one car so what, what, what do you remember the first time you met dale 
yeah it was uh it was in the lobby of the shop and we just ran into each other and started having a conversation i was like man this is this is crazy i'm just a late model driver for you <laughs> did you just run into him on your way to a meeting there at the at the shop or what was it yeah literally just like just like dale was standing right there i walked through the lobby i was like Hey Dale, it's a pleasure pleasure to meet you. I'm I'm your late model driver right now, and he's like, "Oh my God, you're the new kid." <laughs> Wait, so, so so you had like signed with him before you'd even met him. Correct. Yeah. That ironically enough, yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So so in the years since then, what's what is your best Dale Junior story? Uh, funnily enough, it's probably this weekend in Nashville. We went out and. He was doing the Dale Jr. download, like the live version or something at Old Red in Nashville. And we went and we I actually got to ask him a question, uh, a, com a comedic question, uh, just to do some PR and have some fun with it. But that's probably my, honestly, in the last year, the funniest story is he's like, what, you're, what are you doing here? You're, you're, where, where did you come from? Because I got there late. You're not old enough to be here. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what they said. And I was like, yeah, I was just here to ask you a question. He was like, oh boy, what is it? And I asked him who his favorite junior motorsports driver was. <laughs> hey, what was his answer? He said, well, you right now for sure, because <laughs> you're here. <laughs> All, right. All right. So before before I let you go, Sam, I, I asked every I try to ask every driver I have on my podcast, uh, because it's dropping the hammer, which is inspired by Days of Thunder. Uh first off, you've seen Days of Thunder, right? I have seen Days of Thunder, yes. Okay, okay, Sam. So who is Sam Meyer most like? Cole Trickle, Rowdy Burns, or Russ Wheeler? Golly, that's that's a tough one. I don't even know if anyone can even relate to them nowadays because the times are, I mean, ooh, that's a tough one. I honestly, I don't want to answer that because I don't want to put a name on myself and I'm like, man, that's not like me at all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so, all right. So, so we got to like come up with a fake driver and give you a date. We need to give you like a fake Days of Thunder name. Yeah, they, <laughs> we have to come up with something new. Let's do some branding here. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, so next time, next time I run into you, Sam, we, we need, we need to come up with your Days of Thunder name. So yeah, we'll, we'll certainly do that. It'd be fun. <laughs> all right, Sam, thank you for taking the time to, to talk with me. Um, have fun in Wisconsin. Have, have fun going home. And I'll be at Road America. I'm, that'll be my first time going there. So, so, so give me advice. What's something I need to do when I'm at the track? Like, if I'm going to go exploring there, what's something I need to go look for? I mean, you should try to eat at every single concession stand that you can find because the food there is unbelievable. It is, it is some of the best track food you'll ever eat in your life. So which is the best stand to go to? What's your favorite? There's there's one restaurant stand that's right in the middle of the garage by the roundabout right in the middle of Pit Road, and that is my favorite place to go all the time. What's it called? Honestly, I don't even know. I just focus on the food. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Sam. Again, thank thanks for for joining me today, and uh, I'll, I'll if I bump, I'll try to say hi this weekend if if, uh, if we bump into each other. So very good. All right. Thank you Thank so you much for the opportunity. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, you too.